Welcome to The Paleo View. I'm bestselling author and co-creator of realeverything.com, Stacey Toth. I focus on being healthy inside and out through real life, food, and talk. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times bestselling author and creator of thepaleomom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Welcome back to the Paleo View, everyone. As we indicated last week, we were traveling. <laughs> and this week, we're going to talk about Still travel. Are. I have a special guest for this week's podcast. Hence, my sound is a little bit different because we're using a room microphone to welcome Matthew. I'm not that special. Yay! I'm practically here every week. Well, the listeners don't get to hear you and talk to you, but you are here every week. You listen- most of the time, I don't get to hear you and talk to you either. I just know that you listen in later, so I leave you secret messages in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They're not so secret, your messages, Sarah. <laughs> So we are actually on day 31 of a 68-day cross-country road trip. We come to you live from our Las Vegas hotel room. (laughs) Very glamorous. Very glam. Trust me, if you could see me, it's the opposite of glam. (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday, we um, had a very long day. We, like, went out to breakfast and then inadvertently like never came back to the hotel room and got in (laughs) very very late because we kept trying to get back to our hotel room and it was a difficult task so we ended up just catching a taxi and it was so late so we um like basically every single travel day so far are a little bit like Okay, what what's the plan? We got to get going. Um, but that's why I want to talk to you about how um, we can give you travel tips and experience of how this has worked for us, especially for families who, you know, want to eat real food and, you know, kind of have to do a lot of planning before you go to make sure that you're not buying new clothes every city you're in and all of that stuff. And I think that we did a lot of really good planning on the front end to, you know, avoid a lot of that. And then of course have had some lessons learned. Um, So yeah, so we're here to talk to you about that. And Sarah, I hope that you have lots of good questions because while I have an obnoxiously long list of you know, tips to give people and how did we do all this? I've gotten so many questions on social media. I'm looking forward to answering. Um, I'm sure you have all kinds of curious questions too, that we can um, share. I can't, but I I can't, I have questions, but I can't guarantee that any of them are actually good. (laughs) We'll see. All right. So first and foremost, no matter who you are, what you're doing, I think you need to decide on an overall plan. I think a lot of people who do road trips do something similar to what we do, like Northeast to Florida or things like that, that we've done before, um, which is a lot less planning, but specifically we're going to be talking about like months long traveling. (laughs) So, so it'll apply to everybody. Yeah. So I think, (laughs) you know, 
a lot of people that I've talked to have done like a family trip, like, you know, oh, my family went from one coast to the other over a three to four week period. So I think it'll be relevant for that kind of thing. But obviously, 68 days is a very long time to be on the go. And for us, part of our plan included how we were going to get where we were going. And I mentioned before, we thought we were going to do an RV trip. Yes. And we planned all along for months thinking it would be an RV trip. And then we went and learned more about RVs (laughs) and decided neither one of us wanted to drive an RV. Really? Not really. Once we got inside and saw how big they were. Um, And then we realized once we got one that was the size we were comfortable with, we really weren't getting much more space than a minivan, but it was going to cost us a ton of money. And not only that, but choosing an RV is very limiting. I mean, we wanted to tour cities, and it's very hard to tour cities in an RV. Yeah. I have noticed a lot of places have a limitation on the height of your car where you can park in garages and stuff like that. So, you know, when we went to Seattle, Chicago, all of those things, we didn't have to get an Uber to go into town. And we did, we were able to park, you know, and that kind of stuff. So you need to make sure to consider that if you do have an RV, first of all, your gas mileage is for us on the things that we were looking at four and a half miles to the gallon, which is just crazy when you're talking about a 10,000 trip, 10 mile, 10,000 mile trip. And, um, then, you know, the parking situation meant that we would have to stay at an RV campground and Uber in and all that kind of stuff. You I know, mean, the other alternative that people do is tow their car yeah. with them or get a trailer. We weren't even comfortable with the RV itself, let yeah. alone towing anything off yeah. of it. So, so. <laughs> um, we have been really happy, I think, for the most part, with the decision that we made. We've we've had room in the minivan. It's a car we're co- we're all comfortable with, yeah. and um, we were fortunate in that about one third of our trip, we knew people where we were going, and mm-hmm. we were going to stay with them. So we saved a lot of money that way, and not needing to have a place to stay and pay for. So then when we looked at the cost, about a third of the stops were two or more nights and a third of the stops were like one to two nights. So we broke up the trip in about one third Airbnbs, one third hotels, and then one third staying with friends. And it was based on the length of the stay and if it was a city. So for example, we're in Las Vegas, we stayed here three nights Ideally, it would have been an Airbnb, but we wanted to be on the strip, and so we chose a hotel. So you just have to consider all of this and work out what your plan is for how long you're going. Can I ask what your spreadsheet looked like as you were planning all of this? Because I remember we had like these little snippets of conversations um, either before or after we were done recording where or text messages of, you know, are you going to be in town this time? Um, where it was very obvious that you were trying to work out like where you, you know, what was a reasonable amount to, to drive, how many days you were going to spend in each city and kind of like plot your entire trip. But like, what was the, did you do that on paper? Did you have an Excel spreadsheet or like a, you know, Google sheets? Like how, what was your actual, how did you organize that information? So Stacy had a Google doc this time, not a spreadsheet. But I turned it into a table. So you, <laughs> you know me so well. 
Yeah, it started out as a list, so it was easier for me to turn it into a table in Google Docs. And what I love about Google Docs and spreadsheets is that it's an app that we can put on our phones. So even Cole is tracking where we're going in a Google Doc. I mean, I shared that spreadsheet with our parents, yeah. so they're they're following along as well. It made it really convenient. We didn't have to like email it to anyone. We could just give people access. And then Matt and I use it every single day on our phone. I was able to tell you what day we were on because... I have this table. Um, And so on the left-hand side, it says the day. And then it says the number of hours of the travel to the next day. So we're able to just go in and we base that obviously off of having to do, you know, mapping it all out. And we use Google Maps because you can do destination to destination. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, Google, you want to sponsor our podcast? Um, Uh, We did try some like road trip planning, like apps as well, but. Honestly, it didn't add any more features that I was really into. Then. Yeah, I'm, I'm now realizing this is something I'm like, ooh, we can make a travel app and do this for people because we just <laughs> pulled it from so many free public resources. But no. Um, so, yeah, I definitely recommend having a tool, whatever you're comfortable with, to plan this. So at first it was a lot in our head and then I was writing notes down. I use just like the notes in my phone. Um, and then I was able to turn that into a Google Doc. And then from there, you know, we made it like a formal final table once we started getting into things. But it started with um, asking each person in the family what two places in the country they wanted to go. Now, we were able to say two because, well, first of all, there's five of us. So that's 10 cities. Um, You if you have, you know, a larger family and less time, you might need to do, you know, one city each or whatever. But that allowed us to pick a city and the children you don't like that much don't get to pick one. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe your favorite child, you give them two cities and the others you get right. one. No. Um, yeah. So everybody picked two places that they were really excited to, to go and see or visit, which started plotting where we were going to go. Um, then I do have business this trip. I'm you know, doing events and a couple of those needed to be at certain places at certain times. And also because we were staying with friends, it was important for me to ask them when it was most convenient for me to come and stay with them. To arrive at their doorstep with bags full of laundry and three children who haven't been out of the car in a while. Yes, please. Can I have a home cooked meal and use your laundry? Um, (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. You want to use my laundry while you're here? (laughs) (laughs) Or at least direct us to the nearest laundromat. <laughs> that might be that might be a waste. Um, so once we had all of that, it it kind of worked itself out because mm-hmm. it was like, oh well, we have to be here at this time. We have to be here at this time. So we only have you know this amount of time between. The hardest thing was I needed to be in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. um, which was you know a very distinct, exact opposite part of the country from where we were coming from exactly halfway through about halfway through, which meant we would have ideally spent more time in some other areas and not done a zigzag like we did in the beginning. Like a lot of people were like, why are you going all the way to Denver and then back to the West coast? And it was, we are literally killing time. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, we wouldn't have killed time. We would have just taken a different route. We would have come up from the bottom, but 
that was because we had to be at a certain place at a certain time. So it ended up working out really well. Um, and because we were tracking in a spreadsheet and we could see exactly where we needed to be when, um, we could say, okay, well, we have seven days between this event and this event. Where do we want to go that we can get to? So another thing to consider is how long you can be in your car. You know, our family does really well because I think we've done a lot of traveling. Yeah. Ideally, we try to make it four hours or less, but we can do eight to 10 hour days. Um, So we have a few days that are between five to 10, but there's only about a half a dozen of those. We tried really hard to make it so that we were having um, four to five hour days at the max. And that also allows you to have your arrival day to be something you can do. You know, the days that are eight to 10 hour days, when you arrive, you've lost that time wherever it is you're going and you can't really explore or do anything. Right. That's, that's a travel day. Yes. All you're doing is traveling and then you get there and you go to bed, you unpack and you go to bed. So, um, I, I would say to also consider that, right? Like, one of the other things is where you're going, what what are some landmarks that you really want to see to figure out if you need one full day or if a half a day is fine or if you want two full days or three full days or whatever. Um, and you have to keep in mind that you're not going to be able to see everything. Like it, it's impossible. Yeah. To- Part of this trip has just been cool for the kids to be like, this area is really awesome and I want to come back. And so we know that we can plan future trips that are specific to that area for a longer amount of time. Um, It's funny, the kids all said last night when we were coming into Vegas, they were like, why are we going to Vegas? You know, you think of it as like the kids think of it as a gambling adult town. Yeah, there's nothing here for children. And I'm like, trust me, you're going to love this town. It's so much to do. And, you know, we had tickets to a magic show and all this kind of stuff. And then, so we had two full days here, but our our day in was a travel day. We got in yeah. at night. They, you know, they saw it lit up and that's it. And then our day out right now, we're packing up and podcasting and that kind of stuff. We're not exploring the city at all. So we had two full days. And last night when we were walking around, they're like, we're leaving tomorrow. Why are we leaving? It's so cool. You know, I asked the kids, they were like, this is my favorite city that we've been to. They've been to a lot of national parks and that kind of stuff. But they actually enjoyed this more than, you know, Seattle, Chicago. Up until they had to walk, you know, practically the length of the strip. We walked 20,000 steps yesterday, and really we weren't prepared for that. Like, nobody nobody was prepared for what we ended up doing yesterday. A little Vegas trip. It's a Vegas tip. It's much bigger than you think it is. The strip (laughs) is like two miles long or maybe three miles long. And to get from one place to another is walking, um, unless you, you know, taxi or whatever. Yeah. And it's hot outside. So during the day, it, it, it was made even longer because we were walking through hotels to avoid the heat. But anyway, it's not a, it's not a Vegas podcast. Um, all right. The other thing to consider is not just how long your days are, but how to break those days up. <laughs> so if you're bringing a pet, for example, you're going to need to stop more often. Yeah. We're kind of hardcore. We don't take breaks. Um, 
we spot how much time we need to like get gas. And oftentimes we'll tell the kids like, okay, we're not stopping again for two and a half hours. Do you need to go to the bathroom? Now, of course, if there's an emergency, like (laughs) we stop and we pull over, but a lot of people need more breaks than that. They want to stand up every hour. They want to stretch their breath, their backs, their legs, that kind of stuff. Um, and sometimes if I'm feeling tired or my back is flaring, we do need to do that stuff. And I'll say, I need to get out and stretch. Uh, but for the most part, we build in that we know that we can go about two and a half hours before needing a break. Um, and you need to consider those breaks into your total travel time when you're looking at, for example, if you think, oh, that's a four hour trip, we can do, you know, this national park and we can visit this landmark all in that same day. Perhaps once you add in breaks and that kind of stuff, you really can't do all of that. Yeah, you need to be very disciplined if you're planning on that eight hours being eight hours. Yeah, I mean... And that means that you might need to eat in the car. Yeah. So um, one of the most brilliant things that I did was find a cooler that plugs in to the car charger outlet of our minivan. Yeah. So it is literally a mini fridge that also has an electric plug. So we can – and it's on wheels and it rolls like a cooler. Yeah. So we plug it in the car and then when we get out to go to a hotel or a house or something like that – we unplug it mm-hmm. and bring it into wherever we're going. And then we plug it in unless we have a fridge. So Yeah. If we have a fridge, we're, we give it a break and we load everything into the fridge and then we just, you know, let, yeah. turn it off and let it rest a little. But it's like the mini fridge that keeps on trucking, man. Yeah. Honestly, like I thought this was like the limiting factor is that halfway through it would break down. But yeah. so far, so good. Knock on wood, well, you know, hasn't failed. Uh, does it have a battery? Like does it? have an amount of time that it can keep things cold well it's a cooler i mean it's insulated like a cooler if it's not plugged in so like when we turn off the car to go into the bathroom or different things like that you know we don't worry about it being turned off for a couple of hours because if the lid's closed it's a cooler and it keeps everything cool yeah it's well insulated it's um it's actually kind of cool because we could theoretically after we're done with this trip it has a hot cycle so we can keep things warm in there Mm -hmm. or we can keep things cold in there it's a it's a really cool versatile thing we will include the link in the show notes look at you (laughs) (laughs) um and also sarah you're gonna love this an electric tea kettle is a hot water kettle is super important as well um we've had those at airbnbs the one that we got i'm like face palming right now um i got as an electric outlet version and friends it took forever to like research one that would have the right amount of wattage that wouldn't blow the car motor whatever um it does not work by the time you get the wattage that you need for a car you're no longer hungry (laughs) it takes it takes a half an hour for that thing to warm up so i would recommend don't even bother with that because it just doesn't work just bring an electric um, hot water kettle because having that for making your own coffee, mm-hmm. you know, we brought French press with us. We brought coffee beans that were already ground before we left with us. Um, saves a ton on daily coffee. And then um, you can make things like the Wild Zora packets that we talked about before for breakfast, dinner, that kind of stuff on the go. For the most part, our meals have been in the car's wraps. So we have like romaine lettuce. We have lunch meat and we do high quality cheese. So we have that with us. And then we have like a a mayonnaise um, 
that's a squeeze bottle that we keep refilling with a tub yeah. of mayonnaise that um, we keep in the bins that don't need to be refrigerated. So we brought a couple extra of those and then we refill one squeeze bottle mayonnaise that we keep inside the fridge and then mustard. So we, we have basically just been eating a lot of like quote unquote wraps in yeah. the car um, through meal times and lunches and when people are hungry or whatever to keep them from like mindlessly snacking. Like we do have trail mixes and that kind of stuff. And that's easy to reach for when you're in a car and you just are hungry. And so it's like, no, let's get some protein, get some, you know, like we have a mini baby mini carrots and the wraps are the things that people have been reaching for most to get some healthy food in as we travel in between, I think. Nicole, we're assigning you, you are lunch boy. Make everybody a, a wrap. Yeah, so we set up our minivan um, with the middle seat missing. This was another thing that blew Matt's mind when I planned this out because he thought that we were going to put one of the seats in the way back down and put the cooler down there. And I was like, no, 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 no. The best thing is to save space inside the minivan, give people more legs, put two kids in the back row. Mm-hmm. Put, we have a stow and go so we can actually put the seat down in the center um a lot of people can take it out entirely which you know whatever works um from the middle and that's where the cooler and the snack bin lives Mm -hmm. and the snack bin lid serves as a tabletop for cole to like make people wraps and stuff like that and he's like i don't want to sit in the middle anymore i'm like everybody's shorter to cook um Yeah, so that's worked out really well. That that mini fridge has allowed us to have fresh food and carry mm-hmm. it between um, in a way that was really necessary. Yeah, yeah. I want to sort of emphasize because I travel this way too. Whether it's like a camping trip or business, like traveling for a you know workshop or a presentation somewhere, there is something about having your own coffee when you're traveling, or if you're a tea drinker, having your own tea that to me, it like makes all the difference. Like if I can have familiar coffee when I'm traveling, I'm like, uh, everything else is fine. Uh, familiar tea, good quality tea. That's why I sort of bring, I always have peak tea, um, packets in my, um, bag. Like that's, that's, I don't know. There's something about, uh, my warm comfort in a cup beverages that if I'm in an unfamiliar environment, having that familiar flavor, in that beverage makes all the other unfamiliar, like completely fine and doable. And like, I, it, I'm so much better at rolling with the punches of traveling. If I started my day with like familiar hot beverage. For Stacy, it's the heavy cream. Cause you know, only half the places we go to actually have it. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm sensitive to dairy insofar as, you know, what people are like, well, I have half and half. I'm like, nope. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot do milk protein. So, and that's another thing I think is important to understand is what are your limitations? Because if you're traveling for a really long period of time, while you're reducing the stress of, you know, not working and not having like the daily stressors, you're adding stress of, you know, less than ideal sleep and um, the additional stress factors of being on the road. And I mean, sitting down forever. Play, yeah, plant all of this, like, okay, we have to be here, 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 do this, 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 like that's a different kind of stress. So you don't want to add the stress of eating foods that you know are going to cause irritation or something like that. So I've 
I've been very careful to not do the things that I know that will irritate me. Um, for me, that's nightshades and corn and low quality dairy. Like those things will really be a trigger for me. Mm -hmm. And that has made a huge difference in my feeling good. I think like I'm surprised that I'm 30 days in and we're all a little homesick. Like we miss, we miss our dog and we miss our beds and the kids are kind of sad that they're missing summer with their friends, but they're, you know, like totally, this is worth it. But we're all at this point feeling a little like, Oh, a few days at home wouldn't be so bad. (laughs) Um, but we're at the halfway mark and I think that, um, Santa Monica will be a nice break for everybody because I'm doing a work thing and separating and then all the Mm -hmm. boys are going and doing something and they were all like we kind of just want to like relax like hang out in a hotel room or whatever and not like I mean I'm saying like you know you know Death Valley is within driving distance we could totally do that hey maybe we can make a a day trip to Yosemite it would be great and they're like no (laughs) (laughs) like we just want to veg out a little bit um because the summer for them has not included any downtime no. except in the car. So um, I think the only other thing that I want to say about like being organized and planning is clear bins. So, you know, we usually use um, paper bags and yeah. trash bags and different kinds of things that are laying around the house when we go on trips or um that kind of thing for short trips. That's fine. Yeah. You know, when you're packing up, for example, your pantry snacks, you're like, Oh, let me put them back in either the, you know, grocery tote bags or, you know, paper bags or that kind of stuff that you use. Um, or, you know, we have a lot of those left over because when we take them from the store, we save them and then we, you know, try to reuse them. This particular case was like, no, that's not going to work. Cause when you open the trunk, all that stuff falls out or the bags rip or, you know, you can't see what you're getting into. And so when we were planning and talking about space saving, I said to Matt, I'm like, I want to get bins that stack on top of each other that we can see exactly what's in them. And then we have, and I gave specific, I was like, this is, this is the exact number of bins that we need. We yes. need one for electronics. We need two for snacks. Cause we have one that's going to be like extra snacks. Cause I bought, 4,738 metric ton of chomps and wild Zora. And I was like, we need a bin just for that. And, um, I said, we need an extras bin because we have things like, okay, I'm going to put my vital proteins supplements Mm -hmm. in my toiletries bag, but I'm going to be gone for more than 30 days, which is how long it lasts. So I'm going to need a second one. So we have another thing called an extras bin. That's, you know, basically everything we expect to run out of that we will need an extra of. And like right on cue yesterday, I said, where's the extras bin? I need to replace this, this, and this, because I realizing now that it was the 30 day mark. So, um, we have all of that organized and they could stack. And we like, before we left, made sure that they fit and how many could we have. Yes. Yes. I measured across in our trunk. You know, it's like we can get two two across if we have met this width and all this. Of course, I miscalculated because the seats go back into the into the trunk cabinet that we yeah, couldn't angle have backwards it a all bit. the way up. So, you know, it's um, we'll, we'll know better for next time. But having the bins has been been really great. It's fit very well. Yeah. And 
what really made a huge difference for us is we got a turtle topper. You know, we we researched a ton and we ended up going with the most expensive one. And we can tell you that it was absolutely worthwhile for us compared to the cost of an RV and different kinds of things that we were looking at at the time, a trailer to pull along, you know, for extra storage and bins and stuff like that. It was like comparatively even going with the most expensive turtle topper was like nothing compared to the other things that we were looking at. By Turtle Topper, do you mean, mean hard case roof rack? Yes. Is that what? Yes. Okay. That's that's a fancy thing. I've never heard I've, it called a Turtle Topper. <laughs> Growing up, we always called like, it a Turtle Topper. Yeah, and apparently Stacy did too. It must so. be a Canadian thing that you guys don't have that. So yes, it's a, it's a hard case <laughs> on the roof of our car. Now, we didn't even have a roof rack either. So mm. we got a roof rack off Amazon. We got the Turtle Topper off Amazon. And we got matching duffel bags that fit perfectly inside we went with the thule turtle topper because all of the reviews that we went with online said it was by far the best at keeping the things inside safe and weather waterproofed and that was super important to us because our clothes were going up there and so it was like we don't want to mess with something that's soft or has a zipper that people were saying leaked or some of the things were like you know it it broke down and it ripped and it tore or it's very hard to get into. Like the more reviews that we were reading, it was like, no, we're not going to mess with any of that because we're going to be on, you know, 85 mile an hour highways at different points. And we're going to be going so fast and so far it needs to be super sturdy. And the one that we went with was super cool because it kind of pops open at an angle from either side. So no matter where we parked or what we did, we could get into it easily, which was super Mm -hmm. important. Yeah, and not only that, but um, another thing to consider is it needs to be low profile, particularly if you already have a tall car like a van, you know, you want to keep your height as low as possible so you can get into some garages and stuff like that. Uh, even still, like anything... Car washes, which was something we, like we never anticipated needing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I even had to take it off for the car wash. But essentially, um, we're now at like about seven feet exactly, so... You know, a lot of garages we still can't fit into, but some we can. Yeah, and so the seven feet, four inch ones, which, you know, we've been able to find do allow us to go in. But if we hadn't gotten the low profile yeah. turtle topper, we wouldn't be able to be in garages at all. Yeah. And it's also aerodynamic, which was very important because if it wasn't, it might cause some lift and uh, <laughs> put you a little bit of danger in your uh, in your um, attachments failing. Especially if you're traveling through difficult weather. Yeah. So. Um, and then the bags that go inside felt like a splurge. I honestly, like I hesitated buying them because I was like, you know, it's, this feels ridiculous. Like we have suitcases or we can use bags or do whatever. But when I started thinking like, what, what suitcases are we going to use and how will they fit and whatever. And then we got, we just ended up getting a package with it that included the bags for only like 55 more. And it came with four big duffel bags, which ended up, I like Matt and I have talked about it several times. Like we're so glad we did that because it fits perfectly mm-hmm. inside the thing and everybody gets their own bag except and, me and who soft has two bags squish. in the car. Yes, yeah. The the, the, the the duffel bag squish, I and mean, that's very important too. What's what's neat about them too is that they have like a color code thing that came with them, so everybody could pick a color. And when we open the turtle top, if someone's like, "Oh, I need you know my bag for you know I want to get my other shoes out," um, we don't have to like check. Oh, whose bag is what? You yeah. know, it, it, even though they're all like black, the exact same duffel bag. So that's been super convenient. <clears throat> all right. 
We've talked a lot about all that stuff. Um, what did we bring? Yes. <laughs> 68 days not going home. Honestly, it's made me really consider minimalism. Like yeah. when we're out and about and the kids see something and they're like, ooh, I want that. I'm like, where are we going to put that? Mm-hmm. And are you really going to use that? You're not going to be able to use that until we get home. If you really still want it when we get home, we can order it online, you know, and we've been exercising minimalism in a way that I've really been appreciating um, because our car is full. We can't add a bunch of stuff to it as we're going around and seeing But somehow we managed to. (laughs) Some things, you know, gifts for people and that kind of stuff has been, you know. So we packed two weeks worth of clothes because Mm -hmm. part of, you know, like I said, we have Airbnbs and we have people's homes that we're staying at. And so we have been able to do laundry about every week, but we packed two weeks worth just to make sure that, you know, one Airbnb that we went to the laundry was broken. So we couldn't use that one, um, that kind of thing. So, and included in that two weeks, we made sure that we had all weather types. So we have everything from like tank tops to long pants, rain jackets, and hoodies because we started in June in the Pacific Mm -hmm. Northwest when it was cold. It was like fall there. And then we we were traveling cross country and we made it to Yellowstone. It was 50 degrees. Yeah. Um, You know, me and Cole started out and we just drove straight across the country. Yellowstone was 50 degrees. And then like two weeks later, you know, we're... We're, we're in Vegas and it's 105. Yes. So. Yeah. And we will end like Tampa in early August, yeah. you know, so we're, we're doing all sorts of weather here. So we made sure to include all of that, including two pairs of walking shoes. Yes. So normally my, my kids just have one pair of tennis shoes, but because we're doing so much walking and we're stuck in a cramped space together, <laughs> um, I did not want stinky shoes, only one pair of tennis shoes for everybody. So the kids each got two pair of tennis shoes and then one pair of sandals that they brought. And that's worked out really well, except when Finn left his tennis shoes (laughs) somewhere. Fortunately, it was at a friend's house and um, we're getting, we're getting them back. But that's another thing is you can't like get mail. That's, that's a big thing is like, yes, you can't just run out of something and get it. Like you, you really need to plan ahead. And in some cases you can ship something to, you know, a friend's house that you're going to be at or something like that, where, you know, you're going to get there in time, but you can't just be like, Oh, I'm out of whatever. I'll Amazon it to myself. Like that doesn't work that way. Although here's something for other people to consider, not us. You could potentially use an Amazon locker if you planned it just, just right. What do you mean? Not us. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you're not going to risk it, but you're telling other people to risk it. I mean, it, it, it will probably work, but you know, yeah. that, that hasn't been something we're comfortable with because I'd rather, if we miss the mail going to a friend's house, the friend can at least be yeah. responsible for getting it to us somewhere else. And Amazon locker, you can't ever go back yep. to nope. it's, it's mm-hmm. gone. So, all right. Um, other things that we pack, like I said, raincoats, hoodies, hats, and mm-hmm. sunglasses, mm-hmm. because we're in the desert, it's summertime and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I will tell you the big thing that I've been super proud of that I took care of is, um, a first aid kit. So I am not a prepared bomb, Sarah. (laughs) I feel like you are. I feel like you would have thought about a first aid kit on your own. Have you ever picked up my purse and seen how heavy it is? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Stacey's purse is heavy too, but that's because she has her, her laptop. She takes yeah, my around. laptop and my makeup bag. <laughs> um, I, I I will often joke. It's not it's 
probably not completely true, but I often joke that I could like live in the woods for a week based on the contents of my purse. It's a bit of an exaggeration, but like I, yeah, no, I have first aid. Um, I have a first aid kit in my purse, in my day pack, in my camping gear and in my car. So and I even have, I have a little, like when I go to the gym, I just bring my like, keys and ID. And even in that I have like band-aids and <laughs> spare hair ties because those are the two most important things. <laughs> it's a, one credit card, my driver's license, <laughs> band-aids and hair ties and like house keys. That's it. Um, We're not so really, even then, plus a full first aid kit in my car. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I, I take, I take preparation for possible disaster happening very seriously. I do not. I am the mom who's like, <laughs> do you need to go to the hospital? No, then you're fine. Put coconut oil on it. You're fine. Um, but in this case, it was like, you know, we're going to, we can't just send the kids up to the medicine cabinet, right? right? Like we have to be everything that the house is. And so I got a first aid kit online, but then I filled it with like safer things. So um, I use a brand of antibacterial ointment called First Honey, um, which you know, we're not like affiliated with them in any sort of way, but it's a raw honey based, um, product. And that had like, I put that in and was like, not even thinking about it. Right. Like, okay, I pull it from the medicine cabinet, whatever. Well, Finn played with a knife in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> he wasn't really playing with a knife. He was picking a chicken carcass with greasy chicken hands. He was being very cavalier with a knife. And a giant chef's knife. And I specifically said to him, don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. And what happened 30 seconds later? He hurt himself. He hurt himself. He, like, sliced two fingers open. And I had to take him to the ER. Which we're was an hour away. We're in the middle of nowhere. And... We get to the hospital and the doctor's like, no, it didn't slice through any tendons or anything. We're just going to let it heal natural. He tells me to put like the national brand of antibiotic ointment on it. And I say to him, I have a honey based version of that at my house. Is that okay? And he says, yes. And he gets like super excited. And he's like, I've been hearing about this. It's super good for you. They're using it at clinics. I don't know why, honey, you'd think it would be dirty from being outside, but it's got a natural antiseptic to it. Like, that's great. And so we put that on Finn. We put Band-Aids on him. You know, as soon as he cut himself, we had the gauze, we had the tape, we had all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. I felt like such a super mom. Um, and then we got there and, they, and it was like already starting to heal up. And the guy was like, no, you don't need anything. Go ahead on home. Yeah. So, um the other thing I would say two extra hours in the car. Yeah. Well, it was like two awesome. and a half plus waiting at the ER for several hours. It was a hot mess, but it was fine. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we had several days in that area and it was, I guess the thing for me is I feel comfortable traveling. Like I'm able to make it kind of be my home, which is why the, this has worked out the way that it has. Um, you know, I'm good at internet research so I can look up like gluten-free near me or, you know, closest hospital there were two that were relatively close and we used reviews to figure out which one to go to mm -hmm. um that kind of stuff you know relatively so, being the an hour <laughs> yeah i mean if it's an hour and an hour and 10 like does it really matter which one you go to um you can base it on reviews so i think being adept and learning how to 
research and be thoughtful and kind of think on your toes is, a, is another kind of important thing as you're on the road, because everything's going to be unfamiliar and you're going to need to, you yeah. know, learn how to research. And, um, the more you have yourself, you know, food and that kind of stuff, the easier it will be so that you don't have to compromise, you know, what your choices would be in an um, ideal scenario. Have a backup dinner in case you're in a place where they don't know what gluten is. Right. You mean those 40 tons of protein bags and bars in the (laughs) bin over there? Yeah. Um, Another thing that was really smart is we brought that um, anti-gluten pill. Sarah, I want you to talk about that for a minute for people to know what that is scientifically, because I got a lot of questions about that, as well as activated charcoal, probiotics, that kind of Mm. stuff. Um, Having all of that has been helpful because I did accidentally poison the children with contaminated water. Um, (laughs) Don't do that. Only use sources of water that you know what they are. Don't give your children runoff water thinking it was a fresh spring. Make sure that you're familiar with your water sources. Right. (laughs) You can get like those water bottles with automatic filters, you know, in them. We didn't do that because we've been just like refilling water bottles at water fountains and stuff like that. Um, But in this case, I... Here's a pond Giardia water for the whole family. Yeah, that's basically what happened. Only it wasn't a pond. It was like a little waterfall that I thought was a fresh spring because that's what I did growing up when we would go places like where we were. Turns out it wasn't a fresh spring. It was runoff water. So I poisoned the kids. Everybody got sick for 24 hours, but they're fine. And now they have a memory that they can tell everybody that they got dysentery on the Oregon Trail. Yes. There was one time when my mom was wrong about something. (laughs) That one time. So I gave the kids activated charcoal and um, they were fine. I mean, after they were done vomiting, they were fine. (laughs) (laughs) But um, can you talk about the gluten enzyme that you had at my house that you introduced me to that like... Yes, I sure can. Uh, so the there's a few different varieties um, of these out there. The one that I keep in my purse and bring with me traveling is called Glutenza. It was um, actually developed by Dr. Tom O'Brien, who is one of like the original sort of functional medicine people who was really sort of like anti-gluten. Uh, and it's one of the reasons it's that he has sort of ended up in the uh, arena that he is now as a... Um, not just like a gluten-free um, advocate, but also right autoimmune. Um, he has the right the betrayal uh, docu series that is going to be airing later this month on Health Talks Online. Right, so he's he's a he's a very savvy practitioner who's also very passionate about creating real-world resources. Uh, it's made by Numedica. Um, and I usually purchase it directly from Tom O'Brien's website, which is. Uh, the doctor that uh, the com, and it is a basically an enzyme that is quite different from our normal digestive enzymes that digests um, proline based proteins like gluten really really effectively and actually breaks gluten up into small enough pieces uh, that they're non immunogenic so the the this supplement is it's not designed so that somebody with celiac disease can just go like eat a baguette, but it's designed to protect you against cross-contamination. Um, and it's also actually really good at breaking apart similar um, proteins in other high allergen foods. So it can break apart dairy proteins, fish proteins, like it, it really is very, very good at 
uh, basically it digests these um, high allergen proteins for you so that by the time they're entering your small intestine, they're so broken up that they have very low allergenicity. And so I take it anytime I'm eating in a restaurant, even if I know they're really good at doing gluten-free, I've had times where like somebody in the kitchen's messed up and they brought me the wrong thing or um, the message didn't get communicated and they didn't clean the grill before they put my thing on it and it had bread on it before me. And I'm sensitive enough to gluten that those couple of molecules will have me violently ill as though I had drunk one off water. So um, <laughs> it's definitely something that I like to avoid. And for me, it actually gives me even the ability to eat um, butter or something, you know, not a ton of dairy protein, but uh, something that I normally know um, I, I've done, I've actually done a little bit of even cheese with it, um, in restaurants and been absolutely fine. So not had any of my, the normal reaction that I would have to, to dairy. And so it's, um, it's pretty spectacular. It also has some probiotics in it that can help seed the gut with, um, bacteria that are really good at digesting those organisms as well. So one of the things we know is that there are sort of like gluten digesting bacteria and that may be one of the drivers between uh, you know, gluten sensitivity and autoimmune disease and people who are just fine with gluten might have a lot to do with the gut microbiome. It's obviously not just that. There's other mechanisms that are independent of gut bacteria. Um, but it's a, it's a very sophisticated supplement and I've uh, carried a bottle in my purse, not the same bottle, obviously, I get a new bottle when I run out, um, probably for Mm, like three, four years, I've always I've had a bottle in my purse uh, at all times for that entire amount of time, and, and it's it's been a lifesaver for me. So we learned about it from you, and have been happy to have it ourselves. Yes. In the event that you know things don't go as we planned while eating out, as well. Um, and I guess that's the only other thing that I would say is kind of our our tips to eating out because while we have this fridge and whenever we're in a home with a kitchen, the first thing we do when we pull into town is I go to a store and I figure out how long are we going to be there and we get the exact amount of food that we need. She takes a boy and that boy is the whose turn it is to pick dinner. That, that yeah, we do, we do what we call, you know, meal planning. We go and we pick, it's usually two or three meals, however long we're there. And then we're not eating out because we're there or we pick, you know, one place in that area that's special that we want to eat at that we go to. But for the most part, unless we're in a hotel, we're trying to avoid eating out. Um, but you have to be adept at eating out because, you know, there are some several times yeah. that that's just, you know, what we need to do. Yeah. And so essentially look at reviews. Um uh, find places where locals talk about gluten-free um, and, and look into what the best gluten-free option in that area is. You know, we were here in Vegas and Finian especially really wanted to go to a buffet. That was his one big goal. Because <laughs> there's signs everywhere. Yeah, like Vegas is just known for buffets. And anyone who knows, has food sensitivities know buffet is a nightmare because you don't know anything about what's on that food. Yeah. So we extensively looked into the reviews of what people mm -hmm. were saying, and we found the one buffet that the locals were saying is their favorite, and 
specifically in the reviews, it said, when you tell them that you had food allergies, a chef comes out and walks you through the entire buffet and tells you exactly what's in all the foods. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with us yesterday. And there were several foods that I would have told the boys were fine, but based on a marinade or something like that had soy sauce in it. So for example, Caesar dressing and cocktail sauce, they put soy sauce in. I never would have known that. Right. So he said, avoid those, don't eat them. And knowing that, made a big difference in our ability to eat at that buffet and walk away feeling everybody but Wesley fine. Wesley had four plates of food. Our tiny child is like Kobayashi of the eating competition world. Like, I don't even know where that food went. And as we were walking back to the hotel, he's like holding his belly. He's like, I ate too much. (laughs) And and honestly, from the way he was describing it, it was like, Stacy at first was worried. He's like, oh, does he have appendicitis? I'm like, what would come on this suddenly? I think he just ate too much. <laughs> he was like holding his side and talking about cramps. I'm like, are you going to be okay? Um, but he's, he's fine. He just ate way too much. <laughs> uh, Mira did that one day. We got, went out to a local um, burger place that does locally sourced grass-fed. They do gluten-free really well. And... She ate an entire family-sized ba- basket of sweet potato fries by mm-hmm. herself after eating her dinner. And, like, all of a sudden it hit. Like, she wasn't feeling it, wasn't feeling it. And then all of a sudden, like, the, the like, satiety signals hit. And she was in so much pain. I, was, I kept looking at her like, you can slow down. Like, nobody's fighting you for those fries. <laughs> it's, it's not a race. It's not like if you don't suck them up fast enough, someone else is going to get them to you and you're going to, you know, you're, you'll miss out. But that was, that was obviously the instinct that was driving her very, very rapid consumption <laughs> of a really unreasonable amount of food. So um, I think Wesley and Mirish will bond with this <laughs> shared experience. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, essentially, like, you know, look at what locals are saying about. Yeah. Places that will cater to your allergies. You can get apps like Yelp and look at that stuff. But mm-hmm. I actually just go into into Safari and I start with gluten-free near me. And I start sorting through. There's, It's usually always like pizza and burgers that yeah. surface. And, you know, I'm over it, guys. <laughs> I can't just do bunless burgers for 68 days straight. So we start looking through and we look for things like um, – you know, the the waiter understood or the chef came out like reviews that talk mm-hmm. more about like the experience that they had rather than, you know, they oh, have a gluten free crust yeah. because if the staff is trained, they can tell you things like if it goes into the same oven as a regular gluten free crust, which like you said, Sarah, when it's, you know, sharing a surface, yeah. that's entirely different than, you know, just providing it to begin with. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, really bothers me. I need someone who can tell me if something's in a shared fryer, if there's a sauce that, you know, all that kind of stuff, like you need, yeah. you need trained staff. And so those are the kinds of things that we're looking for when we're scrolling through, not just that they have it, but that they understand it. Yeah. Or even better, if there is a dedicated gluten-free restaurant mm-hmm. or, or bakery or whatever. Yeah. Like if there it's is a dedicated gluten-free kitchen, if, yeah. if we see that, then we're like, well, not only are we going to be safe, but this is somebody who cares. Yeah. And we're going most of the places at the beginning of this trip have been places that are modern and have a lot of that. So for example, the Pacific Northwest and Denver and Boulder, like they had those kinds of things. Yeah. That was really great. The, after we get off of the West Coast, we're going to have a harder time of that. And yeah. so fortunately, that's also where we're staying with a lot of friends. And so we'll be eating out 
less as we move into places, you know, that are more rural or, you know, aren't yet adapted to allergen friendly. So, but we have a big day ahead of us. We Mm -hmm. have to pack up and get out of here before the hotel kicks us out and we have to go get our car from getting a checkup. I feel so responsible. We halfway through, (laughs) we sent our car to get checked out and make sure everything's good. So we got to, looks like everything's good. Got to get on the road out of Vegas, go to Joshua tree national park. Um, Sarah, were there any questions we did not answer? Well, one of the things that I want to mention is a lot of the products that you've mentioned as being like really fantastic for your traveling are sponsors of podcast episodes. Well, and that means- it's shocking that we would have sponsors that we actually use and like. <laughs> totally. Um, but it also means that uh, for everyone who's been like rapidly taking down notes of all of the amazing tips, we have like discount codes that we can share that also help support the podcast. So I kind of wanted to just run through those products that you mentioned. You mentioned uh, an entire snack bin, I believe, of Chomps. Mm-hmm. So our listeners can go to chomps.com slash thepaleoview and use the coupon code thepaleoview for 20% off and free shipping. You mentioned all the Wild Zora, including the, the bars and the meals. Mm-hmm. Our listeners can go to wildzora.com slash thepaleoview where they can get free shipping and up to 30% off. You mentioned your vital proteins supplements. Um, and our listeners can go to vitalproteins.com slash the paleo view to get a great deal off of some of our favorite products bundled together. And I mentioned uh, peak tea as one of my uh, travel staples. And our listeners can go to peak life forward slash the paleo view to get 28% off plus free shipping. You forgot thrive. Oh, of course. And you can go to thriveprobiotic.com slash thepaleoview and use the code paleoview15 for 15% off. Woohoo! Yeah, like we say, we we reach out to sponsors that we genuinely use and love. And there's a reason that all of those things are things that we brought. And I used our links and our coupon codes and I purchased them myself for a 68 day supply. So um, they, they are really good deals and we appreciate all of our sponsors for leaving those open for you listeners. It's not just at the launch of the show that you can go use those links and codes. They stay open for you. You can use them all the time to save yourself money. Um, not just the first time, but you know, if you go back to buy chomps again or different things like that. So make sure you're taking advantage of all those deals that we um, get for you from our generous sponsors. Thank you, Sarah, so much for having the information um, of Glutenza right off the top of your head since I didn't give you a heads up about that. But I hope our listeners appreciated that information because when you brought it out for the first time at my house, I was like, oh, I'm really glad that you needed to use this, not because I'm glad that you, you know, had a child that was suffering, but I'm like, look, I'm learning something new. (laughs) You know, if only the game Trivial Pursuit had questions about like how different supplements work i would be so much better at the game <laughs> we got to create a gut microbiome trivial pursuit game uh-huh. you would crush it i so would i so <laughs> would i would like own the board <laughs> all right well it was good to catch up with you and our listeners um 
again, and we are going to get back on the road, but we will, of course, be back again next week with better audio because I won't have Matt joining me for what's to come. But thank you, babe, for joining and being on the show, not just behind it. Not a problem. I enjoyed it. And thanks for listening. I'm not, I'm not answering you because you just want money. <laughs> or you're trying to tell me how the IRS is suing me and you want my social security number. That's not true. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.